afternoon and welcome to Lunchtime Series with me, Keith a proudly powered by leadershipbydesign.co, where we aim to add value to people's lives. And you can listen to us live every Wednesday and Thursday at lunchtime on ebizradio.com and all our major podcast channels today. If you are seeing this or listening to this, I want to challenge you to add value to someone's lives today. We certainly can do with some people adding value to each other's lives and be kinder to one another. And with that in mind, in today's marketing leadership uh, segment, we've got uh, the marketing communications expert and co-host, as per usual, Craig Page. Lee, how are you doing, Craig? Kevin, I'm great. Thank you. Yeah, good to be chatting today, especially uh, after the excitement of an incredible epic win by the Springboks. Tough game by all accounts, but yeah, we'll take the good win nevertheless. So, I, Craig, I, I'm, I just want to point out that last week I did say I think I believe that we would win. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I was hesitant, not thinking that we would do it, but uh, damn right, that but, was great. Craig, I must say, you know, you know, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not a rugby specialist, but you know, I, I played rugby, and I've, you know, I, 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 I've watched this, you know, this World Cup quite reg regularly on a lot of different games and you know i must say out the out the out, out the what do you call it out the box out the guns out the at the first moment of the of the of the start of the game on saturday the box were in attack and they were kicking ass gloriously they came out there as if they were they were aiming to win this um, I think in the second round, in the second half, uh, they did, you know, there was a lot of flustering going out. But in the first half of this game, we came out playing like champions. Um, and uh, I think, you know, if you listen to some of Sia Colisi's commentary, and I'm sure you have, of, you know, people who are not from this country don't understand what this means for this country. If you're not from here, you won't understand. And you know what? Yes, one. I think uh, it just speaks to the. There's a deeper intention and there's a deeper level and layer for this country to win the, the World Cup than there is for any other country. And it's, it's interesting because yeah, one of the statements in the press was um, New Zealand wanted the win, South Africa needed the win. Um, yeah. So yeah, very much to to that particular point. And again, we just know what a unifier sport successful sport is in this country um so yeah just fantastic to see it and uh i just nail biting i was with a bunch of kiwis australians and english folk um so nice nice mixed bag of of spectators watching with us at a venue 360 people so it was absolutely chaos but phenomenal i must i must point out something that someone <laughs> Someone that was quite hilarious pointed out to me was it, it did skip a president. <laughs> we, we've, had, we've had we've had Nelson Mandela, we've had Tabo Mbeki, we've had uh, what's the other one? There's um, Cyril, uh, obviously Jacob. Jacob was skipped, uh, yes, but we've had Cyril yes. Ramaphosa, and so I mean, like he was the only president that skipped the World Cup because. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, that's that's an interesting connection that people have made with the World Cup, but um, the rest oh, of the time, wow. you know, there. So which is really phenomenal. But yeah. I thought it was phenomenal. I enjoyed it. Um, of course, driving in the streets was mayhem. If you did drive in the streets at two o'clock in the morning, 
it was just cra- like people were dancing people were crowds of people were like uh, just walking around like two o'clock in the morning dancing and and hooters and and music and <laughs> it was crazy but i it was it was uh, it was yeah it was just phenomenal to be part of it i enjoyed it i think it was brilliant absolutely absolutely kevin yeah let's uh and to see that, point. That, um, they're going to be doing their little roadshow in, in the major cities starting from i think it's thursday if i'm not mistaken oh wow yeah i think everyone's going to show up i think it's going to be something to to observe uh, i'll be there if i can because it's it's just it's brilliant i just love that they uh and it's it speaks to you know if, uh, someone mentioned it in the in the commentary box if you if you see how much love this team have for each other that you know the differences that we we have experienced in the past and we still sometimes today have you know differences that we experience this team is such a representation of what unity and uh, and diversification looks like yes and, yes, and yes yes to such strength and leadership um and i think sociocles is probably the one of the best leaders oh. this country has ever seen um, it's just he, the man is phenomenal just beyond belief really the story the the man the the, the story from where he comes from the the life that he's learned the, the the humble beginnings uh you know not having a home not having shoes not having food you know like <laughs> to winning the world cup like <laughs> I, like oh, that's just phenomenal that's, you know talking about the american dream never mind the american dream let's talk about the south african dream for a change yeah. like you know what does it mean yeah. and what can it mean if you're a south african that's what it can mean like yeah yeah those, that the unity yeah that that unity just stays positive and intact and moves into other facets of our lives absolutely but i mean okay enough of the rugby it's not a rugby show <laughs> to kick off <laughs> show what are some of the reminders from last week's conversation craig yeah, Kevin, thanks. So we continue the conversation on sustainability, picking up post uh, um, Stephen's um, input on the F-list, and we looked at various articles on the topic. And the first article we covered was from McKinsey.com titled, What is Net Zero? And the article focused on what it's going to take to achieve it, if we can achieve it at all. Um, yeah, we then covered an article from sustainablebrands.com titled, Brands Putting Rubber to Road to create a regenerative near future. And then we concluded with a report from sustainablebrands.com. This title, Sustainable Brands Guidebook to Accelerating Sustainable Business Transformation. And I wanna cover the, the, the closing chapters of the report titled Five Actionable Steps to Support Sustainable Business Transformation for our key reminder points. And these points are noted as follows, or at least the steps are noted as follows, Kevin. So step one is, Establish that baseline, conduct a thorough assessment of the brand's current sustainability practices, identifying areas of strength and areas that require improvement. This evaluation serves as the baseline for developing a sustainable transformation strategy. Step two is measure what matters. Establish the measurable time-bound sustainability goals and track progress key using key performance indicators to monitor and evaluate progress on the brand's societal, environmental, and economic impact. Step three is incentivize innovation. Foster a culture of innovation by incentivizing employees, partners, and stakeholders to contribute to these new ideas and solutions that result in a continuous product improvement and services that deliver a positive impact. 
Step four is ensure alignment. It's about embedding sustainability into the brand's identity and strategy and by aligning the organization's mission, goals, communications, and training with its guiding principles on sustainability. And the final step, step five, is communicate and educate. And communicate the brand sustainability initiatives and progress to all stakeholders, raising awareness and educating both internal and external audiences about the brand's commitment to positive change. And those are the key reminder points from last week, Kevin. Fantastic, Craig. Thank you so much. Um, guys, if you want to check that out, go and check it out on the YouTube channel uh, under the Lunchtime series or on any major podcast channels today. So, Craig, what are we up for today's discussion? Yeah, Kevin, really interesting two white papers that I came across sort of building on the sustainability proposition. And uh, they, they, they stood out for me because it's very much looking at sustainability in the banking sector. So, the, the white paper, the first white paper is titled Top Five Trends in Sustainable Banking in 2023. The white paper was published by Ecolytic at the end of 2022, and it provides an overview of sustainable banking in practice, um, which really, Kevin, is actually a real area of sustainable business focus. To set some context on, on who Ecolytic are and what the white paper consists of, we note the following from the paper. Sustainability as a service solution from Ecolytic enables banks, fintech companies, and financial service providers to show their customers the individual impact of their purchasing behavior and how it is having an impact on the environment in real time. The Ecolytic software calculates personal environmental impacts such as CO2 values on the basis of all your payment transactions. It also provides a climate education library of content and valuable background information on environmental impact. Um, to this end, Ecolytic not only provides the appropriate content, but also offers suitable impact compensation offers from selected and certified organizations, all seamlessly integrated into the bank's digital interface and, and app structures, Kevin. So, I mean, Craig, with the trends covered in the white paper, what are, what are these trends that, are, that, that you've uncovered? Okay, so Kevin, yeah, the, the five trends that are, that are covered in this particular white paper are listed as follows. The first trend is carbon footprinting and embedded finance. The second trend is increasing customer lifetime value through a next level customer experience. The third trend is encouraging sustainable behavior change that lasts. The fourth trend is hyper-personalization of sustainability. And the fifth trend is making claims that matter. And you can see all of these allude to, to this, you know, moving away from the greenwashing and negativity that we covered in the previous show. But let's take a look at each of these in a bit more detail. So starting with trend one, carbon footprinting and embedded finance. What the white paper notes, Kevin, is that the times of traditional banking are over as consumers are seriously looking for sustainability in all aspects of their lives. And naturally that includes the, the likes of their bank accounts. Um, the white paper also notes that some studies have shown that about 70% of millennials and Gen Zers would be interested in using carbon footprint tracker, carbon footprint tracker, if their banks actually offered that particular uh, proposition. Traditional banks are, are increasingly partnering then with these tech-savvy fintechs to develop some of these solutions and providing those embedded finance features to their customers uh, with this trend set to continue way into you know, the end of this year, into, into next year. An important point to note, though, is that 
innovation and sustainable banking goes way beyond business as usual practices. And from this, we learned that some of the first movers in sustainable banking are already seeing their benefits, at, at least seeing benefits of their uh, efforts in innovation being rolled out, with the likes of portfolio of green banking products being on the verge of possibly one of the biggest banking evolutions to date, Kevin. Another report, uh, this one published by Retail Banker International, also notes that over half of the financial services providers plan to launch a green finance product by the end of 2023, making this the most successful year to date in the space. However, to remain competitive, financial institutions must use 2023 at, as the time to make this move or else they're absolutely going to get left behind. Craig, so I think this is this because I mean, when you just look at carbon footprinting embedded in finance, like, like immediately my brain is going like what TW, why the face? Um, <laughs> but essentially, um, this is where AI is essential, right? This is where AI and this is, I think, the parts where people are missing the AI benefits of what AI can do is because with this, we can plug in a whole bunch of information and kind of extract from AI, how do we do this better? And how can we maybe measure that carbon footprint, right? Um, and I, I think that's where we can leverage from it. And that's also, you know, on the wings concept where, where we speak about, you know, creativity and critical thinking, like it's in areas like this, where you start going, well, as, as, a, as, a, as an evolution of humans, as an evolution of people, um, how do we then start leveraging the information from an AI and from critically thinking on how do we combine this to actually get this done better? And that's where we, we, we can come up with so much solution so much faster. I think that's what people are missing around the AI element to conversations like this. Absolutely. I think I think it might be trend three that picks up on a bit of this behavioral aspect now. I, and, and I'll review that when we when we get there. Um, otherwise, I'll yeah. add a comment at that particular point. But yes, 100%. Um, trend two is increasing customer lifetime value through a next level customer experience. So the white paper notes that, that in this battle for customer attention, banks are losing the engagement game, Kevin. It means that the, the, the less time customers are spending in digital banking apps, the fewer touch points banks actually have with their customers. So what customers need from their banking experience is sustainable and engaging features that offer an experience in line with their own personal shifting and, and evolving values. And this is exactly what customer facing sustainable banking solutions can provide. The, the, the new generation of features in these green banking products can increase customer lifetime value and in essence, reduce churn towards newer digital channels in the industry, whether it's a green bank account or, or embedded some of the sustainability features such as transaction-based environmental footprinting or our ESG, environmental, social and governance investment platforms. These, these kinds of custom experience are definitely set to grow through 2023 into 2024, Kevin. <laughs> Craig, what's interesting is that this, uh, it seems like it's an ever evolving customer experience that's not going away. Like yes. we've had customer experience conversations um, probably 20 times already, the importance of customer experience and it's simply not going away. Yeah. Customers are still instrumental on driving the value of brand and the lifetime Correct. of the value of that brand based on the fact that how, how can you better the experience? So, like, I think it's just a, it, it needs to be a no-brainer already by this point. That like, like you have to have customer experience levels right up there, um, else 
people will go away. Plain Absolutely. And, 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 and this is where it moves into trend three, which is encouraging sustainable behavior change that lasts. Yep. Okay. And, and banks are recognizing the role they play in this fight against climate change, Kevin. And this has been validated by a study that notes that 55% of US banks reported they're taking steps to embed sustainable behaviors into their businesses. And, you know, last year, um, was 85% of banks. So, you know, that was the intention then. Some of those are already embedded in their systems. So, you know, moving into 2023, another 55% are committed to ensuring there's some kind of embed of sustainability in their banking behavior. And what's, what's more is that banks are realizing that they can provide consumers with these transparent impact calculations and sustainability insights that actually empower them to change their consumption uh, habits and, and live more sustainability. And, and this addressing the way, uh, um, the, the, the changing way that consumers are banking. So to this point, I think one of the exciting aspects here is for instance, all of your, your financial transaction behavior is analyzed. And firstly, you're able to assess how many transactions have been made, whether through payment gateways at stores or restaurants or whatever it is, and how much time is spent online. That in itself has a has an environmental impact. So it's it's giving you information as to what your CO2 output is relative to that. But then also based on the deep insights, the likes of the AI that you talk around, you can actually start looking at at, at, at the various restaurants or your shopping uh, um, slip from from the the grocers. What food are you buying? Are you buying a lot of meat? What is the meat? Is it is it environmentally impact farming? Is it positive sustainable farming? Is it more fish? Is it more vegetarian aspects? And then helping you get a balance in how to choose your lifestyle propositions to ensure that your behaviors outside of banking are also working to improve um, less impact on, on, on climate change. So really clever. But that's one of the things that, 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 that Discovery Health does well, right? Showing you how to, how to live a better life yes. and how to and, keep health. So we could use the same kind of technology and the same kind of artificial intelligence to enhance the way we buy, the way we shop, the way we actually impact the, the uh, our climate. Absolutely, Kevin. Absolutely, and it's you know it's great to see right. that the likes of Discovery Health purely understands that, and the fact that they've integrated this very well into the banking products that sit within the group as well. The white paper also notes that banks aren't just simple bystanders in, in the climate crisis in 2022, uh, 2023, Kevin. They're actually active participants in climate action. So they, they really do need to evolve and innovate more quickly and more effectively in this space. And, and they know uh, wallets, consumer wallets, to be a powerful tool in the fight against climate change. And by integrating the environmental transparency into the banking experience, customers begin to actually align their, their financial expenditure with the carbon budgets and, and offsets that they can set for themselves. And in this way, the integrated and tailored insights actually start contextualizing climate change for consumers making it accessible and easy and and inspiring action for for their customers kevin you know online banking apps and financial service providers will just like a fitness tracker repeatedly encourage customers to actually improve their climate fitness by generating more engagement and increasing customer loyalty and obviously a lot of that driven on the back of great content right, but also 
sorry, I, I just want to say like that is such a brilliant idea because if they did that, they would they would be tackling especially that whole Gen Gen Z kind of uh, Gen. Well, I don't even know who the the new Gen Zs are and the whole like part of that. Gen Z you know, for years. You know, it, it would really get that whole uh, sort of segment of the population to to really buy into it because they specifically want to improve climate. They specifically want to help. So there, uh, you know, those jobs that we spoke about a year and a half ago that people didn't know that didn't exist yet. Here we go. Yes. yes. Yeah. Very yeah. And, and very much. Gen, Gen Z is, is, is the predominant drivers of this thinking and behavior change and expectation of brands to to step forward and you know put their hand on their heart and show that they're making a difference yeah it's amazing i, I love that and you know i i, I closed the last point on the on the likes of content because it's around generating more engagement more more you know, increasing customer loyalty but very much that's all driven and delivered through enriched and relevant content which is a, is a perfect segue to train four which is hyper personalizing sustainability yeah. Sustainable banks go beyond empowering consumers with knowledge and transparency on their carbon footprint. It actually, they set the foundation for climate engagement with these consumers. And what we need is an individualized approach um, to this customer experience, one that inspires more of the climate action. This enables this hyper-personalization sustainability to, to gain more traction as we exit 2023. And then rather than just simply focusing on empowering consumers with sustainable knowledge, banks should actually equip their customers with relevant tools to act at the right time and in real time. And therefore, banks need to, to you know, become more approachable to personalized banking experiences that can be tailored to fit these customer preferences. And finally, on, on this trend, Kevin, personal finance data really needs to be paired, firstly, with climate insights that engage, secondly, with educational content that, that inspires, and thirdly, with some fun facts that actually help retain. And, and the benefits are that when banks respond to this growing demand for better customer-facing experiences, customers will adapt to their lifestyles for a better. For, for, for better lifestyles. And, and in essence, personalization, sustainability promotes effective climate change and action. Greg, I mean, uh, please make note of this, that we, we need to hype, we need to do a show on hyper-personalization sustainability and or just hyper-personalization for clients. Because this is, this is a, this, again, this is a trend that has come up more than once on you yes. know really solidifying who your client is how do you tap into that client and and really personalize it to to tailor make what you, what your offering gives that client um and uh, you know as a brand it's 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 hard <laughs> it's it's not it an easy thing to do. so to figure out how to do that i mean there must be ways to do that effectively and to figure out how to do it effectively but yeah, big, big, big brands have got entire departments that work in this in this particular space. Really getting to understand using data, you know, going from mass data to understanding the the intricacies of the person of one and what that person needs and wants at a particular point in time as well. Yeah. yeah moving moving to train five, then you know this this really picked up on on why I was looking at this article. It's about the the greenwashing nonsenses make claims that matter. 
And the nature mm -hmm. of consumption is shifting. And so are consumers' expectations towards brands and business, Kevin. And as, as the demand for genuine and transparent corporate uh, sustainability management rises, so does the risk of falling into this greenwashing trap with uh, severe detrimental effects for businesses and something that we actually spoke about at length last week uh, and, and the week before with, with Stephen on the show. According to research, 48% uh, of consumers would buy as little as possible from a business that greenwashed and 40% wouldn't recommend that business to friends or family at all. And again, I reference our previous conversation, you know, why would brands not be working to ensure the transparency in the messaging and evidence in their behaviors, Kevin? Um, regulation to, to figure out these misleading claims is also on the rise and expected to continue well into 2024 as both legal and reputational risk are now at stake as financial service providers navigate this sort of fine line between announcements and real action or in some instances actually no action, Kevin. 2023 is supposed to be the year for radical transparency, not just at the management level, but you know, through deeply integrated layers within the company's philosophy um, to avoid these misleading claims. Again, talking to the why, when you get to understand the why, you'll definitely be able to shape your conversation in, in a real meaningful way and not misleading. Embracing a new brand of transparency helps legitimize sustainability transformation within the banking sector. <coughs> Excuse me, and a great closing statement on these trends actually notes that a genuine sustainability strategy that is mainstreamed into the core of its philosophy is the best medicine to sidestepping potential risks. And I really do like that statement. Craig, so, I mean, how, how are banks really driving the green agenda as every card swipe and the on, online transaction is impacting on the environment? Yeah, Kevin, as I mentioned, you know, if you, payment gateways, online banking, uh, uses energy and, and technology to drive it. So inevitably, all of that is creating CO2 output. Um, but I want to reference in the, the other analytic white paper that I mentioned to address this particular uh, question. This, this particular white paper is titled Carbon Footprinting and Beyond, How Transparency Drives Sustainable Banking, and addresses how banks are actually enriching financial data with sustainability metrics in real time, therefore being able to inform customers of their banking behavior and actually what impact it's really ha having on, on, on the planet. And I'll share what the white paper notes in this regard. The paragraph titled Enriching Financial Data with Sustainable Metrics, Banks as Agents for Change, notes the following. To this day, banks manage a great part of people's lives and therefore handle a vast amount of data points from their customers. For example, income, spending habits on utilities, transport, and much more. Based on this knowledge, banks now have the opportunity to engage with their customers for an even more important cause, the fight against climate change. This makes it crucial for banks to shift towards sustainable reinterpretation of money management to address the growing consumer demand. The first level of transparency is achieved through contextualizing personal spending through carbon footprinting. So, you know, that last paragraph, again, incredibly important uh, statement. Craig, but sorry, just to, I'd like a, just an interjection here. Isn't this really yes. part parcel of the a very obvious way to start curbing and actioning climate change? 
Yes, very much so. Because I don't think people are even aware that, I mean, to the point that, you know, banks are. Banks are crucial to just about everyone living in the country. You know, <laughs> in whatever country you're in, the bank specifically has some kind of attachment to you. And, you know, if, if maybe if the banks do more, and maybe the pressure should be on banks to do more, you know, we would have better, we would have more actionable steps to take towards climate change. It's definitely, definitely. And the next point it really, really talks to that, Kevin, because in, in another survey, this one conducted by Eurogroup, here they found that 67% of consumers across all age groups are actually demanding engagement and sustainability from their banks. So, so the, the clarion call is there. To, to have banks now evolve and innovate in this space. And it makes it crucial for banks to shift towards the sustainable reinterpretation. And I, I really like this phrase, sustainable reinterpretation of money management to address the growing consumer demand. And according to a study by, by a US study, and you know, some really great studies are referenced in, in these two white papers, this one by Cornerstone Advisors, the customers of the future are looking for carbon footprinting features from their banks with about 70% of Gen Zers and millennials expressing interest in using carbon footprint tracker uh, provided by their bank. And the demand for, for, for transparent banking is high. Um, that said, customers don't, many customers don't actually really know where to start, Kevin, because only 7% of people are tracking their carbon footprints in one way or the other. Um, obviously, lack of knowledge, lack of understanding tools uh, as barriers to this entry. So, so this is where the real opportunity lies for financial institutions by building the sustainable business case for their long established products and services. And, and uh, I'm just back to that point where it just makes so much sense now that like you brought it to our attention to that degree. I think you know banks, and maybe maybe it's a case of really getting. Maybe we should get F and B on the, on the show and say, "Hey guys, what are you doing about this?" <laughs> yeah, it's it's absolutely, nice. Kevin. It's it's definitely a conversation to be had with some of the with what representatives of the various banks because these these apps are highly affected. Day to day food purchase behavior, consumption behavior, um, transacting behavior, all of yeah. those. You know, looking at your trends over the period of time, looking at what your your diet is normally made up of, et cetera, et cetera, how often you're eating fresh food versus frozen food, all of those factors really play into building a healthy lifestyle, financial management, and therefore positive impact on the planet or less negative impact on the planet at the end of the day. I mean, just on that point, I've, I've gotten a, a message, a, a, an actual uh, an SMS from eBucks saying, because I didn't use my card <laughs> at a at a uh, at an engine to get engine uh, to get e-bucks from my engine connection, that it sent me and said, "Do you know how much e-bucks you've just lost?" <laughs> so it had such like a weird state. I was like, "Are you moaning at me?" Like my bank was moaning at me that I've lost out on e-bucks, but it did make me like very aware of the fact that like I am current, like I'm losing out on on you know driven behavior that can actually support me financially so i'm like well, yeah, very, very much so the, the, the power of loyalty programs kevin yeah <clears throat> so i mean craig as we as we in today's show what are the key takeaways from uh, for the listeners banks you need to do more that's what that's the key <laughs> <takeaway>. <laughs> 
<laughs> Absolutely. So I, I want to reference the same the same uh, ecolytic uh, paper titled Carbon Footprinting and Beyond How Transparency Drives Sustainable Banking for our takeaway points today. Um, and, and there's a great chart that actually compares traditional bank accounts with, with growth in this popularity around green bank accounts. And, and the chart also references a comparison between the existing yeah, existing traditional banking features versus these enriched features of green banking, Kevin. And, and before we look at the comparison, I want to quote the opening paragraph to this section because it states this. The integration of climate-related financial data into existing banking products allows financial institutions to first rethink and then redesign their traditional service offerings to provide the sustainability-driven clientele with the right products. So let's have a look at these comparisons. So from you know, existing features to enriched features, looking at traditional bank accounts on the one hand, existing features of the likes of standard check and savings accounts, banks and credit card statements, and personal finance management. Moving to the enriched feature side of green bank accounts, it's about carbon neutral accounts with offsetting integrated um, reserved solely for green investments, transactions enriched with climate impact data that empower customers, and personal carbon manager tracking environmental performance monthly and annually, Kevin. Going back to traditional, traditional credit card loyalty programs, you talk about e-bucks falling into this space, carbon intensive shopping behaviors, participation in loyalty programs, and common reward and loyalty points as being part of the existing features. Moving into that enriched feature space of, of climate credit card with green loyalty programs, the features of the likes of development of conscious consumption habits, launch next level green loyalty programs and incentivize sustainability engagement with impact offsetting. Then moving to, to the key around ESG investment plans on the existing features of traditional banks, we just see it's insufficient ESG investment consulting, lack of transparent ESG data and one size fits all ESG approaches. But when moving to, to the sort of the enhanced features of the green thinking, it's about integrating ESG, integrated ESG investment plans. The features there are about integrated access to impact investing platforms and offset projects, centralized and easy to access ESG packages and potential for personalized ESG recommendations, Kevin. And those are the key takeaways for today. Craig, I'm I'm so impressed with this. I I'm literally when when we when we load this, I'm literally going to I'm going to tweet this directly to FNB, Absa, Standard Bank, Netbank, <laughs> and Capitec, and say, hey guys, uh, here's a video you guys Join should us. pay attention to. Join like, us in the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do a little direct mailer to to the marketing heads of those respective organisations and try and get them on a show and talk about what initiatives have been done in, in, in South Africa around this space? Well I, well, I think what's interesting about this conversation is that it does, it will educate people. And for me, if I knew that something like this existed, I would immediately and only shop at an in, uh, at an in, or buy the, the types of stuff for like household goods or spend my money knowing that it's going to some kind of initiative that's helping climate change. Um, you know, like immediately to me, that's like, a, it's, it's easy to do. You just have to shop here. You just have to buy there. You just have to earn these points, do that. And you're already, you know, adding to, to helping 
some kind of initiative behind climate change. And then, you know, what that then does, if, if, if you have 10 million, million people in the country uh, doing that, how much impact that will have just for a country itself? You know, Kevin, as you talk, it just it makes me think of the the sustainability ecosystem and and the the role that brands, particularly in a CPG consumer price goods environment, that, that the importance for brands to understand the value chain of each of the products and packaging that's produced that sits on the shelves in their organizations and, and retailers as well. So it's not just around the, the banking from a transacting point of view, it's it's and what you're actually purchasing in your in your basket makeup, but really what is the environmental impact status and statement around the actual products that you're putting in the basket uh, basket as well. So it's it's you know, it's a it's a deep long tail of uh, um, ecosystem awareness around this particular proposition but also it, it 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 could be when people see the impact that it does have and if if people have a measurable impact that they can show for this it could be the differentiating factor for a brand it could Absolutely. literally differentiate you from every other brand if pick and pay decided tomorrow guys this is an initiative that we've taken and this differentiates us from every other uh, you know, food market out there that you could actually, or food brand out there that if you buy these products, uh, this is what, this is how we're helping change climate or, or, or impact the climate. Yeah. Immediately, impact, yeah. It puts them, uh, you know, uh, 10 years ahead of any other brand. Right? And it's, I think it's that kind of thinking that people really need to start critically thinking around how do we absolutely impact why we're doing what we're doing. And, and I, I think it ties back into that, that uh, like really speaking to the experiential customer experience because then you're really tailor-making it to the point where not only are you buying uh, for, for the sake of, of supporting that brand, but because you're supporting this brand, we're supporting the, the planet. Like it's, it's, it becomes a massive impact, a massive conversation. Big responsibility on the product manufacturers and on the retailers that are housing that product on its shelf. And then obviously the banks being able to aggregate the, the, the rich data that comes on, on the back of these financial transactions and using that to, to drive more positive, pertinent, relevant uh, um, behavior. Amazing. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm sticking with the, uh, our wonderful Captain Khaleesi here. <laughs> and, <laughs> Great I'm famously going to be quoting him because I think it's so apt and I think it just, it just, it just adds to the impact that people can have. And if we, if we, if we start doing this and work together and as united as he is, he says, give your best practice hard and take pride in your fitness but never give in during a match as it spoils the game for your opponents and your teammates. Keep a sense of proportion. Remember, it's only a game. It's not war. Sure. That's great. And that's Nick captain of uh, the world champion rugby team. <laughs> <laughs> captain, oh, captain. Uh, that was a fantastic conversation. And I think we should, we should, we should, we should, Send out some yeah. mails and who we can made get a, hold of. Note, yeah. yeah, definitely. Uh, this would be a really, really interesting conversation to initiate. Uh, and uh, I think Stephen would be very proud of us. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> nice great, have, a, have, a, have a great week and uh, I will chat to you soon.
Thank you, Kevin. You too. Cheers, eh? Bye.